2: Bonjour et bienvenue à l'épisode bâtisse no, Le... no, no,
1: no. The European live tour is next December.
2: Oh gosh, terribly sorry. Getting ahead of myself there. Hey. Welcome to the School for Dumb Women, the podcast that's also a classroom where we investigate things you're too proud to admit you know nothing about. I'm your host woman, still not sure which countries comprise the UK, Hannah Farrell. With me is local moron Alexandra Haddo. What year is it? And high school dropout, Caroline O'Donoghue. Hi, Anna. I left school to conduct research
3: on why teenagers get so turned on by bike sheds.
2: This week, we're talking biology, media studies and maths. So by the end of it, you'll be as qualified as a doctor on Holby City. We've also got a very special not-so-dumb guest, Toby Oridin, who will enlighten us about a very smart woman called Issa Rae. Let's start the show. Alex, you've often tried to make your boyfriends pregnant over the years, haven't you? That's right, Hannah. And for that reason, I've decided to investigate seahorses. Because we all know... The men get pregnant. Correct, Hannah. Yes. And they pull King Trident's chariot. They do why he badly parents the little mermaid
1: <laughs> and that yeah and now that you talk about the little mermaid and sort of scales imagine how many tiny weedy seahorses it would have taken to actually pull i know and
2: trident's bloody scales. trident was hench as well so hench i don't know if i've seen the little mermaid
3: <gasps> what i know
2: but you're a redhead white lady <laughs> no i know
3: surely you had the pajamas for you. <laughs> i had the pajamas <laughs> Had I had no pyjamas. <laughs> I had rags. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you're talking about seahorses.
1: I am. That's the kind of fact that you trot out about a seahorse, right?
3: Yeah, it's very like you see that kind of fact on the cap of a snapple, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah,
1: you're like the men carry the babies. And then so I was reading about seahorses, obviously. Um, and then when I was reading about the fact that all the eggs get put into the man and he grows them and then has them, I sort of thought, well, doesn't that mean he's a female then?
4: Oh. Yeah.
1: Do you know what I mean? Why is he classed as a male? But it's because the woman empties her eggs into him, so she creates the eggs, oh, so interesting. she is the female. Oh. And there's like 2,000 eggs or something that get put in there, and then only a very small percentage of those survive. But seahorses are actually, I mean, they're very cute sometimes, but then when you see like a picture of them up close, they're very scaly and horrible. They almost look like a mini crocodile. Mm. <laughs> they don't have any bones. They have no bones. No, they just have these sort of, like, um, fibrous tubes that, oh, yeah. that, hated that, that. that go in and out, like, you know, in the shape of them. Because they kind of, you know, they have a thin neck and then they have like a little belly and then it goes thin again and then they have the little tail that they wrap around things. What's the
2: difference between bones and fibrous tubes, though? Because um, I a question I think, all women are asking I themselves. Think, <laughs> I, think, I think fibrous <laughs> tubes
1: are more, they're ma- very malleable yeah they so don't... like
2: soft bones like like when you're <laughs> eating a fish horrible and
1: <laughs> I don't even think it's as hard as that I think they're almost like a little um you know those shitty lights you get from Ikea that have got sort of crepe paper around them in a ball and they've got like a
2: um, oh yeah
1: it's a, cleaner, of wire, a, li- a, a little wire frame sorry
3: Caroline looks so disgusted let's move on <laughs>
1: Caroline, you're going to be sick I don't want to hear
3: anything else about seahorses or their bones. Actually, can you, we can talk about seahorses because that's clearly the segment I'm, that you prepared. That is and it's a bit segment? late to ask Sue. you to change. Um, but um, I think seahorses, they look as if um, if you were to catch one and put your, your mouth on its mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and you blew, it would, like, inflate. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I think they
1: probably would. They're basically, like, tiny little cute balloons.
3: Oh I mean, that's, that's nice. nice. Um, and 99 they... cute balloons <laughs> laid by your father's eggs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but somehow I feel somewhere in the ocean, I feel like there's, like... The only justified Meninists. It's like a group of seahorses being like, "Our bodies aren't the same since we had two thousand of your fucking kids." <laughs> and the woman's just like, "Do do 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 going out tonight, Bill? <laughs> Again? Don't ask me where I'm going. Yeah, I <laughs> will so text you. I'll do what I like. My vagina is fully intact. Thank you. Living the dream. Does a seahorse have a vagina? Uh, no. Okay. Um, but they the seahorses fuck. They uh, well, no. no, they just cause... sort of lay the eggs in the man's pouch and then the man grows them. Oh. Yeah, it's a bit rank, really.
3: Girls, last night I had multiple eggs. Yeah. <laughs> with
1: Bill. Bill who? I don't know, but I've got like 30 kids with him.
3: <laughs> we will get into facts, but I'm just imagining all of them as like sassy 80s business ladies. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> Valerie right. Griffith in Working Girl. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and
1: being like, oh, my God, did you see the size of his fin? Ah. <laughs>
3: come on girls we're going shopping
1: and Bill's just like another day on the reef with all the kids again <laughs> I Once had s- dreams school drop off time <laughs> <laughs> takes me four hours a day because <laughs> I've got 400 kids <laughs> they do have a shitload of kids and they are also very, very bad swimmers, so the school run would take very
2: long. I was going to say, because their tails kind of go under them in the front and then up, don't they?
1: Yeah. How does that... How, they're very badly designed they in terms of... They're, they're called a vertical swimmer. Oh. I imagine if you stripped an umbrella of its actual brolly part, you know, the, the, canopy. the canopy, and put it in the ocean, I imagine the way it would bob... <laughs> It's sort of the efficiency of a seahorse trying to have a swim.
3: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Trying to get from A to B. (laughs) That's a weird image. (laughs) And it said today that the slowest seahorse is like this tiny weeny breed of seahorse that's like a centimetre and a half big, like tall. And it takes um, five hours to go like five metres, I think. It's really slow. it's just like it just keeps getting dragged back and then it's on its side. And how? It back so home. how have
3: they like, lived?
1: Like, why are they extinct? They're so stupid. Well, I'm glad you asked, Caroline, because uh, actually they are getting a little bit endangered. Oh, because no. in Chinese medicine, they're thought to be an aphrodisiac. Um, and I have pulled up here an article uh, on the BBC uh, from a few years ago, 2012, Lots of Peruvian police seized thousands of dried up seahorses because they were like being smuggled for their worth through peru Wow, for china, for chinese medicine um, they They seized one hundred and sixty thousand pounds worth of dried powdered seahorse. seahorse fishing is illegal in Peru, but the high prices paid for the seahorse powder abroad make it difficult for the authorities to enforce the ban Wow,
2: so they're like the elephants
1: of the ocean yeah. I know, tiny little seahorse. Yeah, that's why they are in very shallow waters um, and around coral reefs because they're such shit swimmers that they can basically be. They just hold. They just wrap their tail around something and sort of stay there.
2: Oh, (laughs) Oh, is that what it's for? Yeah, Yeah. that's it. So they don't get
1: like caught in the in the riptide. I'm I'm sorry,
3: Alex, but nothing you're saying about seahorses is making them a better advocate for stay-at-home dads because they sound pathetic. Oh my god, it's so true, isn't it? (laughs) like he just gets home after doing the school drop-off
1: and he has to go up for school pick-up it's like oh can you imagine if Finding Nemo had been based around seahorses it would have just been the shittest film ever when yeah. act- actually Nemo was behind him the whole time but it took him like
2: one hour 40 minutes to yeah, turn around he'd oh. swim off the drop-off and then immediately get like swished away to- on yeah. a current. <laughs> be like well now I'm in Eastern Asia yeah. <laughs>
1: poor guys they've had it hard and also they don't even have a face well they do What but they, they have, do I've seen them they don't have a mouth they have a long no, I've
2: seen their mouths they,
1: they look like horses it's a long tube it's actually a tube that's fine that's still a mouth I know but that's all our mouths how weird are. is that they're like a mini saxophone but I think <laughs> um, and I'm gonna do my classic just a couple of facts at the end um, yeah male seahorses are the one that ones that give birth they actually gestate for
2: two to three weeks that's longer than I would have thought because if they're so small you'd think it doesn't take so long for them to yeah, yeah.
1: what I will say is that before Bill and um, Linda uh, <laughs> you know had all the kids and Linda carried on with her career as a stockbroker um, Seahorse Courtship begins with a daily dance oh, where the male nice. and female gracefully swim together before she you know knocks them up knocks them up
3: and fucks off and Bill's like we
4: never go out dancing anymore <laughs>
3: Shut up, Bill. I have my career to think of now. Now I'm leaving with my giant phone. Um, yeah, they dance for eight hours. Oh. Eight hours. They don't move much in that time, do they? be <laughs> fair. I mean, yeah. What a pathetic fish. Yeah. Are they technically a fish or are they something else? Are they like a, I don't know. Do you know bit what? Bit of dust. I don't even know. I think they've evolved from fish. I had a look at that today. I would like if you said they were evolved from actual horses. That would have inspired the eight-year-old in me.
1: Well, maybe they are. They're not, but if you want a nice cute fact, um, a baby seahorse is called a fry.
3: Ooh.
1: More facts. They have no teeth and no stomach. Bad fact. Next fact. <laughs> <laughs> they growl when they're stressed.
0: Oh, cute fact!
1: <laughs>
3: Girls,
0: damn you, oh,
4: Linda. <laughs>
2: This week, our Women Who Code Mixer is brought to you by a sweaty 17 year old who's been screwed over by George Osborne's minimum wage. That's right, we're talking servers this week. Oh, thank God, I thought you meant me. So last week in episode 25, we talked about domain names and how we all kind of assume the internet is just hosted in the clouds in space because we can't see it, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. But of course, all of the internet has to live somewhere. And servers are that place, web servers to be specific. Oh. Can you tell me what you know about servers already? Um, Well, I know that Serena Williams is one of the fastest servers. I know that if your
1: date is rude to the server, you need to then ditch them immediately.
2: Uh, yeah, well, both of those things are, of course, correct. Uh, and a server is also the thing that hosts all of the porn you watch mm. and occasionally mm. crashes when something overloads it. Too much porn. Here's what I learned about servers from simple Wikipedia because normal Wikipedia was too complicated. There's a simple Wikipedia? Oh, my God, for Caroline. Simpleton. I yes. did not know this. What? I'm so dumb that I didn't know there was a dumb Wikipedia. I mean, surely we should talk about that. It was basically made for us. Wow. So a server is a computer that serves different types of information ah. to a user or client machine, like your laptop or your phone or whatever. Um, and everything it does is called a service. I'm going to only call my laptop a client machine from now on. <laughs> and the relationship between a client and a service is called a client-server relationship. Oh, I um, wonder how they got there. And do they kiss in the mouth? Oh, I hope they do. I believe so, Caroline. Yes. The example that Wikipedia uses is that Wikipedia has a web server which has a service for sending web pages all over the internet. Uh, so the client computer has to talk to Wikipedia's server. They get to know each other in the coffee room. Maybe yeah. something happens. Got it. Maybe they have a Christmas party. Maybe oh. a hand brushes up against each other, and then their little server blinky eyes meet and a little, little frisson. Maybe a frisson, even oh, though
3: one frisson. of the servers is married. A few sparks. <laughs> Password is entered.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and the servers are uh, connected to each other using a network and they need to use the same protocol. So kind of like they need to speak the same language. right? And uh, you know HTTP? Yep. That's a protocol. What does oh. it mean? It means hypertext transfer protocol. Oh. Uh, and it's a way of sending and receiving web pages and files on the internet. And
1: it's so weird that things like WhatsApp still have web servers, and if it goes down, like, WhatsApp is down.
2: Yeah, of course. Yeah, Yeah, they need it. It's a solid, it's a real thing. And if you Google, where are all the servers then? As someone who's not me might have done. (laughs) You will learn that Google, for example, has servers all over the world because it's safer. So if one place gets cut off or there's like a, you know like the power gets cut out or something they've got a service elsewhere it's a bit like how the royal
3: family never travel together yeah Yeah. because if one of the plane goes down we're fucked
2: I wonder how much it would
1: be to move into a server in zone (laughs) 4
3: Uh, Hannah, you look a bit weird today. You're normally a bit shorter than me, like 5 foot 6 maybe, but you look
2: about 30 times taller this week and you are in fact struggling to fit in the studio. Yes, I have terrible neck ache uh, and I might have ruined my back forever. Uh, And that's because this week I'm not 5 foot 6, I am 168 centimetres. No, Uh, And by that I mean this week I'm looking at the metric and imperial systems of measurement. What's
1: it like up there? It's windy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> now tell me, is the and Imperial um, measurements thing, is that to do with like when you get an American recipe and it's like, oh, two cups of sugar. And yes. I thought cups meant mugs, so I was just filling up mugs with
2: sugar. Oh, they're pretty much the same though, aren't they? This Are is, they? That's very niche. Because and... a cup is an actual measurement. measurement. It's oh. not just like any cup.
1: I was yes. having this chat on a date last night.
3: Stab everything, I, talk about a date. Uh, he
1: is Australian. And he said that he doesn't understand us. But he's only just moved here and because he said, you guys have miles, but you also have meters. But miles are made up
3: of yards. And I was yes. like, oh, yeah. Alex, in what system did you measure his penis?
2: Um, yards. <laughs> am I right? <laughs> <laughs> of course. wow. <laughs> So, yeah, the UK uses a mix of imperial uh, measurements like miles, as we said, pints as well, feet and inches uh, and metrics, so centimetres, litres, stuff like that. And I kind of never really questioned that. I was always like, OK, but actually they are two very distinct systems.
1: I feel like we're the generation that kind of straddles both systems because our parents will be like, my dad will say, you know, well, it's about five yards over there.
2: But
3: Oh yeah, no I've no clue what a yard is at all. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I, I sort of wanted to do this because I was wondering how was the system where you had like feet and inches and things good when they don't multiply easily. You've got, you know, fourteen of this is this and then sixteen of something else is this. Yeah. Like how is that practical in mm. everyday life? Um and in fact I found the answer uh, some strange man on the internet uh has a whole website about it and he was saying, actually Stuff that's measured in the imperial system is kind of easier to visualise. So if I say to you I'm five foot six, you kind of know what that is. There's
1: like a big block and then a smaller block.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's in bigger blocks and also uh, a foot is traditionally meant to be the length of a person's foot. Right. Which is kind of where the name came from. So then you can be like, oh, it's like five feet, which seems like nothing. Whereas if I say like 168 centimetres or whatever it is, you've got to visualise 168 things rather than five things and then like a bit. I never know. Same
1: with um, the whole time I was away or if I'm abroad and anyone says, oh, I weigh 60 kilos.
3: Yeah, oh, no idea. What's in stones? No idea. That was never going to take with take with women, would it? Really? No. Like you want to be like ten of something, not sixty of something. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah. Only if you ascribe to society's standards that <laughs> a woman should not weigh. And that which I absolutely don't. Very much. Should not take up space. Exactly, um, And obviously kind of imperial measurements came from, like I said, a foot, a stone was a weight. Like originally there was an actual, you know, there were stones and they were like, that's a stone. Um, and the system was absolutely whack because everyone <laughs> weighed it differently. So like in Scotland and in England, they would have different measurements for loads of the same oh, things. So they'd goodness. be like, oh yeah, it's two stone. And then in England, they'd be like, this is two stone too. They would weigh different <laughs> amounts. All right. Um And there's such a long history of everyone wanting to standardise stuff because obviously it was a nightmare. People couldn't trade properly if they didn't know that what they were weighing was the same as what this other person thought it weighed. Uh, So it was really tricky. And like literally since the 1500s, people have been like talking about standardisation. I'm not really going to get into it because it is super complicated and long and political. But essentially, it was the French who kind of developed the metric system uh, around the time of the revolution, and they were just like, right, okay, this is silly, let's do this. And they kind of started off, and now lots of countries have sort of changed their systems, so that ah. we are all on the same system. So it was sort of like a, re- a revolutionary thing, in a way. Yeah, 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 a bit. Lots of countries still use both. And then I thought about America, and that episode of The Simpsons, where they're all in the stone cutters, oh, and they yeah. have that song that goes like... Who da da, da 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 Who keeps the metric system, system down, down? We do. We do. ba Who
3: keeps back the electric car? Who made Steve Gutenberg a star? We <laughs> do.
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. And I just thought, that doesn't make any... Why would Americans hate the metric system? Because they hate anything that. that they didn't invent, True. Essentially, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they hate it because it's French. It was invented by the French. They've got Ugh. a long history of, like, you know, aggro with the French. The French and Americans are just polar opposites, though,
1: aren't they? The, the Americans are like, we're fucking sexy and we're fucking cute. <laughs> and the French are just like this, making galois being like, you're so fucking stupid. I've sex three times today.
2: Yeah, so I asked uh, an American fan of the podcast and listener, Scott Kersey. Oh, hi, Scott. Hi, hi Scott. Scott. I asked him why Americans hate the metric system so much because, you know, I can research it online, but I might as well ask a real American. Um, and he says, it seems to me that it's a combination of two very American traits, stubbornness and rebelliousness. Uh, he says, I think is are so ingrained that the inertia has set in and changing it would be a massive, massive undertaking. But I might add, it's one that we did. Like, we did that in the UK. It was hard, but it happened anyway. And then I asked him, you know, is it kind of a National Pride thing with the French and all that? And he said, yeah, I think you're right. The National Pride enters into it. Um, I think it's just us in Liberia at this point that still use the imperial system. So the Americans don't
1: use anything like centimetres or anything?
2: Um, They do for some things, but most... They have rulers, obviously. Yeah, and, and I think they kind of straddle two systems. Okay. But primarily, I think it is the imperial system. Yeah,
3: and that's when, when, when you need it the most, when you use measurements the most, is in cooking and baking, and that's universal. It's always like cups and all that stuff. Yeah, but also
2: all industries, like every kind of construction industry and like technology needs measurements of yeah. length and weight and all of that sort of stuff.
1: And they still use everything, like yards and everything.
2: Yeah, I think so. Like in American football it's always like the 20 yards oh, yeah. something oh, something. Yeah.
1: You did right. I hadn't even thought about that. What I will say is that imperial sounds cooler than metric.
2: Only cuz mm. of Star Wars. The empire is not cool, Alex. Well, yeah. Darth Vader knew how to cut a cut a walk though, didn't he? <laughs> And yeah, it's not just length as well. It's temperatures, obviously. We got really mixed up the other day um, when we were talking about Baz Luhrmann's temperature yeah. because you said it was 100 degrees and uh, and that, but that's... Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, because 100 degrees Celsius is boiling point. So in temperature like zero degrees celsius is freezing and 100 is boiling You're like oh that makes sense but then actually the way that fahrenheit works is that zero is like minus 17 i think or something like that which is like cold like you don't want to go outside then and 100 is like hot yeah but it's something like that so then you're sort of like oh the range from zero to 100 is cold to hot and anything outside of that is like mad
3: yeah, and it's always when I, you watch American shows and somebody comes in from like the freezing cold and they're like, whoa, it's like 10 degrees out there. And I'm like, that's fine. That's Irish summer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly, yeah.
3: It's the same
1: with old money as well. Like... A pound is made up of a hundred pennies, and that's such an easy system. Before that, it was like twelve shillings to the nickel, and that
2: not a nickel, but we didn't have them. Yeah. But you know, and there's a halfpenny. I definitely think the metric system works for money because that is a thing that you do have to divide quite a lot. But then also, if you've got twelve shillings, that divides into four, it divides into three, it divides into two. It is quite dividable. Yeah. If so, you want to do
3: division in your head, like a loser. <laughs> yeah, whatever you do in your
2: spare time. <laughs> Uh, so in the UK, the uh, metric system was discussed in Parliament as early as 1818. Um, and then it sort of happened really, really slowly. Uh, and a formal policy to support metrication was agreed by 1965. And my parents were born in like the early 50s. Um, and I know that my mum and dad and probably your parents too will often be like, oh, it's only like 30 yards away mm-hmm. or something like that. Or they'll say, you know, it costs two shillings. Yeah, yeah. They won't mad. say that anymore. But... I kind of thought, well, I should ask them what they thought about metrication. Uh, so my dad said, the metric system helped me to pass the 11 plus in 1964. That is the most dad <laughs> phrase of all time. <laughs> As I wrote a long essay on the merits of perches and poles and chains and a weights and measure system that had its origin in the Anglo-Saxon system. Livy, cool. 11-year-old Jeff varrells. <laughs> Very ahead of his time. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And hey, then he's, he's given me. My dad's called Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so left out. Yeah. My dad's
3: called Peter. Oh. Get out. Hi,
2: Peter. Um, and he's honestly sent like me the longest email in the world all about the different systems, how much an acre is, how much like a nautical mile is, all that sort of things. And he was the one that told me, you know, you can divide 12 by uh, Jesus, uh, two feet. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> and he says, "I still think in gallons, feet, and inches, and order mints from the butcher in pounds." But so do a lot of other people, including most Americans. I think Scott I think would your, agree
1: with my dad. I think your dad's the only person that still goes to a butcher and orders mints. Mm.
2: No, I know. I think the butcher's shut down, actually. So oh. I think he just goes Tesco's now, like everyone else. The oh. uh, butcher there—it's yeah. not quite the same, but similar. <laughs> uh, and then it's
1: fine. It's just that he's half robot. <laughs>
2: um and then and then i asked my mum as well like oh was there a lot of news coverage about it like was it kind of front cover like you know brexit-y we're doing this new system and she said not really because it was a soft switch for years it took ages um and people who wouldn't change made the front pages uh, <gasps> mostly market green grocers i asked how did it change things for you she said uh a sizes of paper you know a a4 oh, a3 yeah, oh, yeah that's 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 metric Oh, right. Which I didn't know. And she said, that was very good. My mum's a graphic designer, so there we go. What? Oh, I didn't know that.
3: What did she do before? What are the? What were they
2: called? I actually don't know. I should have asked. Uh, but she said that millimetres and centimetres were actually good once you got used to them. And then I said, when did you feel like the change actually happened? Because we were kind of straddling the two measurements for a while. And she says, I don't think it will really change until the people who didn't learn it in school have all died off. I still think <laughs> in imperial measurements first. <laughs>
4: So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.
0: How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.
2: Now, although like most podcasters, we usually prefer to sit in small rooms and listen to our own voices, sometimes a fourth voice sneaks in like a tiny Christmas mouse. This week, that Christmas mouse is journalist and creator of Black Ballad, a lifestyle website created by and for black women, Toby Oradin. Hey, hey. Hello. Hello. Hi. Toby, what is the dumbest thing you've ever done? I walked into a lamppost.
4: Oh, that's pretty bad. Classic. But I did it twice in the space of like a week (laughs) when I was younger. Same lamppost. No, oh. but I, I literally did it twice. I remember I was coming home from McDonald's birthday party and I walked into a lamppost. Oh. And then I got out of a car and I was talking and I walked into a lamppost.
1: I wonder if anyone saw both and was like... My mother good? did. Oh.
4: <laughs> My mother did. I literally felt like I wanted to die. Oh. <laughs> I walked into
1: a bollard the other day.
4: Oh which
1: is Oh, they're low aren't they very low they power. sneak up yeah. on you hard to yeah. see so I've, i empathize a lot thank you my mother doesn't so oh. thank
2: you <laughs> so toby we said in the intro that you were a christmas mouse but actually we've decided you're a guinea pig Ooh. avid listeners to the podcast will know that we have had guests before but this week we're trying something different and we're investigating whether in fact anyone could do what we do I'm not Anyone sure. could have a podcast. Ooh, okay. <laughs> what a disgusting idea. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're starting a new thing and it's called Guest Knows Best. Oh, Ta-da! And you are the first guest okay. who knows best.
4: Of course I do.
2: Yeah.
1: You definitely know more than us. It's fine. Um, so Toby, what are you going to talk to us about today?
4: I'm going to talk and hopefully teach you about array.
1: Oh, okay. Ooh, I'm so excited. I don't know who she is.
4: Okay, so Issa Rae is an African-American um, screenwriter, producer, web content creator, black gold magic, does it all. Sounds um, amazing. She has her own show on HBO called Insecure. It's um, oh, Golden Globe nominated. She wrote it. Um, she produces it. She directs episodes. Um, but she came to prominence with her web series called The Awkward black girl serious and she's just she's just life like she just, she, just, she just she's just like on a red carpet someone said to her so like who are you rooting for an award show and she was like all the black people <laughs> like she just gives no fuck so like well fair, yeah. yeah and she puts a lot of naked men in her show oh my
3: god so many hot naked men in that I, I guys watch Insecure like because it's brilliant and like the writing's really good, but there's so many hot guys yeah. on it. Really, yeah. Like yeah. you know
4: when you have like a lot of sex scenes in shows, you always see the woman. Whereas yes. Isarae, she she you never see women naked. You just see a lot of men's bums and sounds like, great, D- yeah. Like she, <laughs> yeah. it's really really masterfully done. And like she's even said that like she likes seeing naked guys. Like so, why should they not be on TV? Yeah. So like, that's so true. Actually, it is always from like
1: the man's point of view, and you're like, boobs are lovely, sure. Yeah, but I'm
4: single. I, I see boobs anytime I want, and you can <laughs> tell it's really strange because I watch it. I watch it with my husband, and he was yeah. like, "There's so many naked men." I was like, "But there's always <laughs> naked women." Yeah, yeah. there's it's always a bad naked goddamn women. Goddamn time. Yeah. Yeah. and he was like, Fuck's like "Why there's so many naked men on the <laughs> screen?" And I was <laughs> like, "Like, yeah, so it's you just like don't like it, do you?" Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm like I, I like it. Yeah, but you know, and I just have to kind of keep a straight face when I watch it with my husband because I'm yeah. just like. Yeah, yeah, it's all about the writing and the. Joke,
3: right? like, yeah, of it's course. the writing, man. Yeah. I love the scene structure of this. Because <laughs> yeah. whenever you see a sex scene on *Insecure*, it's always like um, it'll typically be a woman with her like arms around like the most beautiful ass you've ever seen, and she's clearly like coming her brains out. Do you know what I mean? And just like you barely see, you basically yeah. see her hair hey. and her face yeah. and her right. arms, and then just like a lovely man's body. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Yeah. Is this, where, where can I see this? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, Issa Rae, she's just great. And one thing I love about her is that she always gets friends that she's met in uni or people she met along the way to help out on her show so like if she needs a director or a writer she's like okay i went to college with this person so they can help me out on the show she's really not like okay i'm here let me go and reach out to the biggest person who's directing at the moment or the most in demand like screenwriter she's all about like let's all come up together let's you know like who was i rolling with back in the day when i had no money like okay now you come and help me and let's make money together and i love that ethos i love that kind of like she hasn't forgotten who she is or who helped her get on her journey I think sometimes that's so easy like when you kind of make it not that I know but just saying <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> hey <laughs> but yeah like you just and it's just like yeah I think it's just a reminder that teamwork makes dream work and that yeah. like kind of like her vision she's always had kind of the vision that she wants to portray and like the people that know her vision best are the people that she knew back in the day um yeah and I really really love that about that like her kind of like how she thinks and like how the things she stands for and also you know it's representation, you know, as a black woman. Like, I love what she's doing with representation. You yeah. know, um, Insecure is about two black women. Like, a black woman's not the sidekick. They're the main characters. Yeah. An Awkward Black Girl, it's so fucking awkward. Like, the first episode's called Stop Sign, and it's about her singing in her car and being cool. And it's just really cringe yeah. but it's just like you've never seen a black woman like that on like in, on screen before who's just super awkward and just messy and doesn't know what she's doing yeah and I really 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 loved that series yeah. um so I recommend it well I'm
1: gonna watch a lot of men's bums tonight and
3: awkward <laughs> <laughs> black girl as YouTube, well yeah. yeah um yeah so um, so she she did awkward black girl on youtube and she was like for quite a few years wasn't it and yeah. then she went down to insecure but where did she like come from
4: like did she was she in the comedy scene or like what no um she was just always trying to make it like I think she was just like trying to break through in terms of like um writing and like sending ideas in and I think she was just like I'm just gonna do it myself um and I think she did do a bit of the comedy scene I think um But yeah, um, I'm like, just I came into like the YouTube scene with her and just followed from there. I probably should do even more research on her. (laughs) But um, yeah, that's kind of where I came in in that point. So yeah.
3: Yeah, uh, there's this piece. Um, I mean, Insecure. You could tell that it um, it just finished its second season. Yeah, and you could really tell that it hit sort of the mainstream in a big mm. way because you were, there was suddenly so many think pieces on it, and that's when you know something is like doing it. When like every yeah. two days, the AV Club or Vulture is running something. And one piece I saw going around a lot was um, the things that Insecure did with lighting, <sighs> which I'd love to hear your take on.
4: Yes. So basically. Um, really interesting and funny is that sometimes when black people get photographed we don't look quite right because people don't know how to change the lighting for us and it's really weird because like when i was looking for a photographer for my getting married my husband kept saying to me has the person photographed black people because i'm not gonna have someone that doesn't have to photograph black people and it's such a big thing for us um so she actually gets people who know how to light our skin so we don't look way too dark or way too grey. Um, and it was just so interesting that she even thought of that because it just showed you how many shows don't think of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, yeah, it was a massive thing. And the piece went viral, but, like, yeah. it's kind of natural, I guess, to a black person to think about how we're going to be lighted, but not to most yeah. people.
3: I, I remember thinking that when I used to watch Saved by the Bell. Yeah. You know, obviously, Lisa was the only black character. Yeah. And she, she really looked like...
4: Like, yeah,
3: like, bad. Like She was a beautiful yeah. actress, but she, they made her look terrible. And I always wondered lighting. why that was. Yeah, Probably it was a amazing. combination
4: of lighting and not having makeup. I was going to say, is it the makeup artist oh, yeah, thing course, as well? Yeah. Yeah. Probably a bit of both. So, like, Did anyone
3: else think that? Or was I like, just a
4: really snobby
2: kid? <laughs> I used to watch Saved by the Bell, but I can't remember all the characters. I only have the free channels, so I just watched. like... Um, so did I? It was on the free channels. <laughs> was it? Yeah. Oh, maybe I just it. Wasn't, was on, wasn't it was on, on one of the, the channels. Right yeah, it was on channel four, yeah. Oh. Ah. Yeah.
1: Why did Lisa look
3: bad? What? What? Maybe I'm being... But I remember seeing her in, like, press shots, and she looked gorgeous.
4: But if you saw her in the show, she just... I don't know. She always just looked lit strangely, like... Funny enough, I think that with... When I grew up, I used to... I loved June Sarpong. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think about seeing her in magazines, because, you know, she was one of the MTV girls with, like, Cat Dealey and Edith Bowman. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, when you looked at them, you could tell that she... I don't know she looked a lot darker but then when you meet her in real life she's not as dark you can tell it's a lighting thing oh really like I was in a magazine and like I remember my friends remember I was like oh my god like you look so good but was like you can tell they didn't know how to photograph you and I was like yeah oh (laughs) really yeah 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 like yeah it was the first thing that someone said to me I was like like all my friends were like that you can tell they didn't photograph you right with the lighting you can tell so that's why Insecure, like, it's not just about representation. Yeah. It's not just about the writing. It's that like she thinks of every single yeah, yeah, aspect. Yeah. And she's totally obsessed with Frank Ocean. So, like, I mean, um, he is a full babe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, there's references to Frank Ocean throughout the series. Like, really? like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, there's, there was, like, a massive think piece on it. Like, how many references are to Frank Ocean Insecure? And she's like, yeah, there's a reference all the time because I just love him.
1: I love the sound right. of this woman that she's just like... Here's what I like. Here's <laughs> who I, I like. like. I'm, I'm
4: going to do a thing, a show about those things,
2: and I'm going to include like all the people who have like meant a lot to me from growing up as well. Yeah, I think that's yeah. really
4: cool. And I love her, Michelle Obama. Love letter as well. So, oh, like, what you, does she do? Yeah. Tell us about that. She wrote a lot, uh, like a letter to Michelle Obama, explaining why Michelle Obama was so like important to her yeah. and how she felt like watching her, and said that basically insecure, maybe couldn't have existed without like the Obamas. They came out of the era of the Obama era. So. Wow. Like, yeah, it was like it was just. Right, really emotional. It so was black woman reading it. She was like, I could finally see and think what it would be like to be in the White House, like, seeing this black woman. And, like, the things that Michelle Obama dealt with, she was like, you know, I can understand, but I probably wouldn't have dealt with it as classy as that. Like... Really? Who would? But still, <laughs> Yeah. So, like, yeah. So, she's just a babe because, like, yeah, she just says what she wants on the red carpet. She writes about what she wants and like gets paid for it. She yeah. puts her friends in her shows. And then she just, like fangirls over Frank Ocean like life is made for her <laughs> like she's got the perfect <laughs> <laughs> existence <laughs> and, yeah like life cannot get me better than that what, what's Can't really wait. funny as
3: well is that um, j- as you were saying earlier on it's very typical for um, in female led things to get a a like a black best friend character do you know what I mean yeah. and she's always just there like chiming in with yeah, the white yeah. girl but in Insecure it's like flipped it there's like yeah. um, she's got like the really hopeless like white it, best friend it, who's just uh, like work, well, yeah. Yeah. she's so funny like she's always talking about how she like tweeted even Divine, instead, and she, she's like trying to be woke all the time, and like, yeah!
4: Yeah. <laughs> which is yeah, it's 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 really cool to watch, and it's kind of like she's just kind of taking the piss out of like, kind of like I suppose, like this kind of liberal movement and being like, okay, maybe it's not what you think it is as well. And I think yeah. that's the thing with Isa Rae. Like, everything's a social co- comment. Like, even though, even with her web series, even though it's fun, even though it's jokey, it's making real comments on society yeah. and, like, how blackness and the black community is portrayed. And I think that's probably why I love her. As much as I love the hot guys in Insecure <laughs> and all of that, like, it is because she's so smart and she knows what she's doing yeah. and she knows that, like, you know if people are having these conversations she's really making a difference like it's not just to you know put it out there and get rich it's like okay like let's make a difference let's have a show that's you know doused in humour but at the centre of it they're like real 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 stories there like there was a um, she kind of touched on kind of like stop and search um, within Insecure and like it was done in kind of like the end result was a little bit humorous and where it went but the fact that she touched on it I was like yeah good for you like yeah, you yeah. know like you wrote it in the way that was really real to black men like yeah. in terms of like my husband was like yeah i've had that feeling like really yeah like who's like yeah. like yeah do you know what i mean like you can feel you she like only i think personally only a black guy would have gotten it that way in terms of making you feel how that person felt yeah i think that's why you know she's also love but that's a bit too serious <laughs> <laughs> no Take the high with the low,
1: definitely. So, what do you think is next? Not the high with the low, the away. deep with the shallow. So you've got bums and you've
4: got issues. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> you've got a bit of both. Bums well, and issues. <laughs> I don't. Know. You know what? I don't know. I know, like season three of insecure better come out because like the ending was not fun. So, oh, how did
3: I <gasps> Don't tell me I'm going to get binge yeah, watch yeah. tonight.
4: <laughs> so that. Um, I know she said something like she wanted to create like um, a Black Beverly Hills 902.1 or whatever. I know she was saying, where is that show? That show needs to be on TV. So oh, yeah. I don't know if she's going to create that. Yeah. Um. But like, yeah, probably more TV shows. I think that she's so like, loves being in charge of her own destiny. I don't know if she'll do anything where she's not got that creative control. Yeah. Maybe she will if the right project comes along. I don't know. Yeah. But I think just more like director producer under her belt like anything she can get her teeth into like yeah so toby if people want to find black ballad and find you on social media online where do they where do they go okay so it's black ballad uk on all social media platforms facebook instagram and twitter and if you want to follow me um some people would say you shouldn't but hey you wanna, <laughs> you're at your own risk and it's i am toby Oridon. Um, on Twitter and Instagram. And I should probably spell out my last name, please. So, I so it is I-M-T-O-B-I-O-R-E-D-E-I-N. Fantastic. You heard it here. Not first, because Toby's massive. <laughs> <laughs> Toby,
2: thank you so much for coming in. Thanks After for having, having me. Thank you so SRA. much.
4: I'll uh, make sure- Are you going to watch this secure Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs>
2: So, Alex, as you've mentioned approximately seven times already in this Ooh. podcast, uh, you had a date recently, didn't
3: you? Ooh, I'm Alex. I go on dates. I have a tiny handbag and I lay eggs. And done it.
2: <laughs> yes, I do. And yes, I did. <laughs> so for today's smart lesson, uh, you wanted to talk about how to ensure as a smart woman that your partner thinks that you don't have bowels. That's correct, Hannah.
1: Um, being in a relationship um, is a thing. Um, I am not in one, but a small window was shown to me this week of what possibly could be in the future. It's called Two Humans Having a Date. Um, Being in a new relationship is obviously very exciting if it happens to you, Um, but it can come with hurdles. Um, Namely, how do you function as a human being whilst hiding it from your partner? And I am, of course, talking about... Mm, um, Being a spy.
3: No. Being an international super spy uh, who murders men in their beds. Um, <laughs>
1: no, it's actually
3: pooing. Oh, that was my second one.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I can yeah. relate both ways. Yeah. So how how do you do it in a relationship?
3: Uh, you, I mean, you don't at first. At first, no. No, there's definitely a very coy game you play mm. where um, yeah. the first time you accidentally fart in front of your partner. Oh, it starts with farting, for yeah. sure. Yeah. It starts with farting. It starts with a fart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It started with a fart, (laughs) Um, and uh, you know it might like slip out because you're both laughing really hard, and you're like, and you're like, oh, I'm so embarrassed, and he's like, no, it's cute, and you're like, no, yeah, Um, and then uh, you'll poo in their house, (laughs) (laughs) in their
1: hand. (laughs)
3: Yeah, you'll it it. Starts
1: with the fart, then you poo in the house. Yeah.
3: Oh, actually, no. Before you poo in the house, you'll poo somewhere while you're on a date. Yes. You'll be uh, yeah. you'll be in that's, the bathroom for a, a few more minutes. That's very much the bridge. I yeah, feel, that is the bridge. Never
1: admitting that you have you have sort of a sort of a Ken doll bum where there's nothing there. Yeah. It's just coming so coming
3: back from the bathroom when you've been in there for about seven or eight minutes mm. and not not apologising and not saying like oh there
2: was a big queue. Yeah. Just, just, just sitting down and nodding and being like. <laughs> That but was my shit. Is,
4: the thing is, <laughs> as well,
2: though, I often think surely they just assume that, like, you've got your period and there's just kind of feminine magic happening. Now. <laughs> <Nice> <laughs> surgeons, fairies <laughs> are whisking away your menstrual fluid for eight minutes. Yeah. Basically, as a smart woman, you should always
1: aim to emulate those women in your life that you know that you cannot imagine pooing. Yes. Beauty yeah. editors always in magazines. Oh
3: yeah, I know yeah. They never poo. They but when they poo, it's
2: just a, a whole reed diffuser.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Stick it all.
1: <laughs> and
2: they could even use it afterwards. Yeah. And then it goes in like a bath bomb and sort of fizzes. In yeah. way. They don't even need to wipe, they just stand up. And the toilet thanks them. So how can we, as mere mortal, dumb women, uh make the world think that we're a smart woman who never poos? Um I've developed just uh, a few quick tips. Please do jump in if you
1: if you have any others okay. from your experience. Um my top tips are feigned disgust at the mention of anyone pooing ever. Any toilet humour, any mention. Even if you find a joke about poo funny, if you're with the boyfriend, you go, oh, there's no need for that.
3: Yeah, no, not even the poo emoji. No. That's not going to be on your recently used list Absolutely anymore not. if you're Get dating. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um yeah. Uh, if, you, if you must go to the loo, um, stress that it is only for a wee. That's key. Let's uh, go for a wee. Let's go for a wee. Yeah.
2: We time! Just swimming to the loo for, for a wee. Or you could pretend that you've got cystitis.
1: Sometimes they think that's an STI because they're all stupid. That's true. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole other conversation you have to to them, yeah. Um, don't eat any later than 3pm so that you can sneak out of bed
3: at 3am and do the poo. Oh, yeah. I've mm. done that. In my first time ever, I ever went on the holidays with a boyfriend was in Rome. And uh, we had this ensuite suite where literally the door was cardboard. They
1: always do that in romantic hotels. The door to the bathroom is just like cardboard. an idea. Yeah.
2: <laughs> 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 the sketch of a door. Yeah. You just walk around a corner and there's a toilet. And you're yeah, like, oh, you're like, yeah, yeah, I had a dream about hell? this and it
3: wasn't nice. Yeah. So one day we got back from sightseeing and um, he fell asleep. So I left the building, um, went to a nearby cafe and chat there and, and came back. And he was like, Where have you been? And I was like, Oh, you know, seeing Rome. <laughs> It's that classic thing, isn't
1: it, when you're in a hotel with a boyfriend and you've clocked that there's like a loo in the sort of lobby area mm. and you're like, do you know what, I'm just going to go down and ask them if they've got any toothpaste. Lovely big
2: poo for me. <laughs> oh, awesome. there was a queue, everyone was checking in. A huge group. <laughs> just going to grab all those brochures from downstairs that saw on the way in. Really want to go on an open bus tour. <laughs> <laughs> or as well when you're on the way down you be oh I should have gone to the loo before I went oh no oh, oh no, you were no, right here no. oh there's one around here yeah
3: that's a very good one yeah Do you know um, this isn't about men hearing you poo but um, whenever I'm in a public bathroom or whatever and I need to poo and uh, there's other women out chatting in the fucking by the sink yeah and I'm like oh go lady. away and it's like it'll be at some kind of work event where they're really shiny lovely beauty editor type yeah. ladies so I wait for the handwriter to come on and just <laughs>
2: Hold it, hold it. Hand-dry. Go, go, go! Have you, you guys, do you guys use the fireman's uh, blanket? Fireman's blanket? Oh, no, I'd be of afraid of blocking
3: rolled. the toilet because all buildings in London, they're old pipes and stuff.
2: Oh, I I've I've heartily recommend it. Heartily I put like just a little
3: bit down. I don't waste a lot. But... You're both contributing to the fatberg. Hope Sorry. you're happy.
2: We should explain that a fireman's blanket is when you put a few sheets of toilet roll down onto the water so that it doesn't splash.
1: Oh, I thought it was when a fireman holds me over the loo to make sure i okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, my brother-in-law has
3: something he calls the manoeuvre whereby he um he kind of crouches on the toilet he never lets his his bum on it um and at the same time he has a hand on the lever and <gasps> literally he doesn't let it splash he's is doing it so long
2: yeah
1: well he is the smartest of the women yeah. I think and I think this with this segment should be dedicated to him
2: Well, that's the end of this week's episode. Thank you to Toby Oridin for ensuring we see lots of bums on TV tonight. She got bums on seats to watch bums getting beat. Thanks to US listener Scott Kersey and my parents for telling me all about the imperial system. Thanks, Jeff Farrell. Thanks also to Harry Harris for our jingles, Gavin Day for our logo, and Soho Radio Studios for our recording space. Please do remember to rate us on iTunes and tell all of your friends what a great waste of time we are. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.
4: Bye. (laughs)